from the man who wrote the book on human behavior. A special edition Richard Flint podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk human behavior. Richard Flint. And I want to welcome you to Let's Talk Human Behavior. Uh, This is a podcast that's dedicated to one thing, helping people find clarity for their life. One of the things I've learned over the years as I've worked with human behavior is that it's very easy to get trapped in confusion. It's very easy to allow conflict to become the controlling factor of your life. And yet, when you look at a human life, we look at two things. We look at the person, that's what we see, but we study the personality. You see, the person is always that which you're looking at. The personality is what you have to work with. So that's why I came up with the title of Let's Talk Human Behavior. Folks, we're, at a, na- we're a nation that right now seems to be standing at a crossroads. And I don't know about you, but it's a crossroads that I have never faced in my lifetime. And the reality is this crossroad goes beyond this coronavirus. We, I mean, I believe, are at the front door of reshaping the foundation of our country. This coronavirus is doing a lot of things. And one of the things it's doing, it's causing people to have to look at their life differently. It's causing people to have to come up with a redefinition of life. And I believe that this coronavirus is a wake-up call. Now, this is from me, not from you. But I think it's a wake-up call from God. And that what he's saying to us is that you have strayed long enough. Wake up. See, I believe that we've become a nation lost in itself. I think we've become a nation that has lost its purpose. I think we've become a nation that internally is fighting over everyone having an agenda and no one willing to listen. And I also believe that we've become a nation that is committed to conflict. Uh, It's committed to confusion. It's committed to lacking the spirit of togetherness. And I come to this conclusion because I listen to people's pronouns. And when I listen to people talking today and I listen to their pronouns, what I'm hearing is a lot of people talking about I. Not we, but I. And I know that when pronouns become singular, they can become very selfish in their nature. That when we lose the plural pronouns like we and us, we've lost that spirit of togetherness. And I think we have become a nation that has lost that spirit of togetherness. And it's not something that's happened overnight. It's something that has been happening for years. (laughs) Some time ago, one of my uh, mentoring students, Charles Bickerstaff, he and I were at breakfast. And I looked at Charles and I said, Charles, you need to write a book. (laughs) And I wish you could have seen the look on his face. As we talked about Charles, you need to write a book. 
Well, he's written the book. And the book is entitled, We the People. And it's a book that I think that where we are at this crossroads in our nation today is a very, very, very important book. So Charles, welcome to Let's Talk Human Behavior. I am so glad to have you here today. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about Charles Bickerstaff. Who is Charles Bickerstaff? Well, I'm nobody special. I'm just uh, I'm just some somebody who loves this country, and I'm afraid that uh, we're going in the wrong direction. So, tell us what America means to you. America to me is is all about freedom. It's uh, and freedom is not just the ability to to go out and do whatever you want to do willy-nilly. Freedom requires responsibility because if you, if, you, if you can just go out and do whatever you want to, that's called license. Uh, and if you can do whatever you want to, then you're without any responsibility, then you're infringing upon the rights of somebody else. So do you think we've become a nation that is losing the definition to the word accountability? Yes, I do. Why? Because, because we're, we have, we've been taught, really, that we can do whatever we want to, and uh, it's, it's nobody's business what we do. And we don't, we don't seem to be, to realize that back to what you were saying about the pronouns, this is all about us. It's not about me. And what happens when a society becomes singular in its ability to look? And the only thing it's gonna talk about is me or I, what happens? Well, the society ultimately falls apart because it doesn't have any cohesion. We're no longer, we're no longer about we, we're about me. And, and do you sense or do you see that that's what's happening today? I absolutely do. And the, uh, I think the media is, is uh, perpetrating this, uh, part of, what, of what's perpetrating this hoax on the American people and uh, we've, we've got to understand that this country is all about we, the people, not I, the individual. I, I, individuals are important, but we, the people, is, is, is all about the individual, and it's all about the collective, and it's all about us together. It's all about freedom but you can't have freedom without individuals and us together. So, you know, one of the words that I like so much because it's a very interesting word is the word one, uh, because one is one of those terms in language that has both a singular and a plural definition. I am one as an individual, 
but we also have to become one as a nation. And do you think that's possible today? I think it's possible, but I think we're going to have to get back to our roots. And I agree with you totally. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, it's printed on our money, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. And we've forgotten that, uh, we've forgotten that unity. So we're a nation of 330 million individuals without the unity that holds us all together. Do you think we've become spoiled? Yes. You think we've become selfish? Yes, very. You think it's possible that the fact that we have become a, a nation of spoiled people who in many ways have a selfish agenda, that this has taken us away from the plural of we and back to the concept of I? I absolutely do. I hate to say it, uh, but we've gotten, we've, you're right, we have gotten so spoiled that we, we've lost the concept of we, we've lost the concept of unity. So you've written a book entitled, We the People. Why did you write this? What, was, what makes this book important? What's the foundation? The found, we the people, it, this country is not about something that the government does. It's we the people, we are the governing authority. And we have to take that authority back. We've given that authority over to some nameless, faceless bureaucrats uh, in, in the government. And it was never designed that way. The founding fathers uh, felt like and understood that uh, we can't build a great nation if we're not united. So was that one of the purposes of them writing the constitution? Yes, this country was, there. countries all over the world have been founded from a revolution, but this is the only one that the basis of the country is not the government is going to do this for you. It's we the people. And that's, I think that's probably the, the most important, those are the probably the most important words in the constitution is we the people, because it in, it's, it's, it, it talks about the collective, but it also talks about the individual where you can take, you can take a twig, a twig and break it with your fingers. But if you take a bunch of twigs and band them together, you can't break it. And that's what this country was really designed to be. So have we lost that? I think to a large part, to a large degree, we have. And, um, 
I, I know you talk a lot about uh, power and, um, and I, I agree with a lot of what you talk about. And do you think that what has, what has happened or maybe what is happening is that uh, from the view of, let's say Washington, uh, DC, that we've lost we the people and have replaced it with us the people? Has Washington lost their ear to listening to people? Absolutely. I, I, the problem, the, there's a real challenge with power. Um, people, people, I think, I think people have gotten into government with the idea that they want to help and that they want to correct some things that are wrong. But power corrupts. And people that started out with good intentions have gotten caught up in this power bubble and they've forgotten about we the people. They we and and we and we have forgotten. We have forgotten that the government is not they in Washington, them in Washington, the, the government is we, the people. And we've been conditioned to, to get away from that. And oh, we'll just let we'll just let Washington take care of it. Well, this the this country was created by the states. It wasn't created by the federal government. It was created by the states, and the states are supposed to be the individual laboratories. But we have gotten to the point where we just say, well, Washington can take care of it. But California is different than West Virginia, and Maine is different than Florida. And so what works in one of these states doesn't work in the other ones. But we've gotten away from that. Charles, would you say then that maybe we have become uh, apathetic? Yes. And do you think that part of this might be because, you know, uh, when you look at this country, we have it good compared to the rest of the world. We have it really good. And do you think sometimes that because we have it so good that that causes us to turn a blind eye sometimes to uh, the power that we're giving people to actually take control of our life? Yes, I do. Um, the poorest of us in this country lives better than most of the rest of the world. You know, we everybody has a cell phone, everybody has TV sets, cars. Uh, you know, we've got all of the stuff, but we've lost to a large degree, I think, and I'm afraid that we have lost our nature as Americans. So, in, so in one respect, have we given up our freedom? Have we turned it over to 
let's say Washington DC, and have we become like sheep in some respects? Yeah, I use the word sheeple. Um, <laughs> uh, you're right. Uh, we have turned turned everything over to Washington because we've we've been conditioned to believe that government is the solution. You know, Ronald Reagan said, "Government is the problem. Government is not the solution." But we've we've come to. So we can be conditioned to believe that all good can come from government. Well, the, the, the reality is that government it was only designed to do things that the individuals and the states couldn't do, you know, fight wars, uh, take, you know, handle, you know, try to do, deal with uh, famine, try to deal with things that, that the individuals couldn't do. Because the individuals can do a lot if they will. We can do a lot more than, than we're capable of handling a lot more than we believe that we can. If government just gets out of the way. So this quest for power, which is to me is always uh, when you, sh when I find someone who has a quest for power, I'm looking for someone who has a quest for control. And if I give you the power to control, can a byproduct of that be over a period of time, the eroding of my freedom? Yes. Um, and power is, power is, is addictive. As I said before, these people, most of these people get into government with all good intentions, but they get into the power bubble and they lose they lose the reason why they got in government to start with. And as, as, as government grows, as the power of government grows, our power as individuals diminishes. You know, Charles, I, I, I listen sometimes, especially during times of elections. And I listen to these people who have never run before for an office and in their speeches and in what they talk about, they talk openly about if they're elected, this is what they're going to do. And they're going to go up against the establishment. And so they get elected. And I think, I think the Amer a lot of the American people want change. They want the power of the government to diminish. So they want to believe this message that they're hearing, which is a political message. And I agree with you. I think that when they're there and they're stumpy and they're making these political speeches, I believe that at their core, this is what they really want to do if and when they get elected. So they get elected, they make their way to Washington, D.C., and then they get trapped in what I, I like what you're talking about. They get trapped in the power bubble. And once they get there and they get in that bubble, it seems like 
their freedom to produce what they've said they wanted to do is taken away from them. Because if they don't toe the party line, they get put in the closet. And all of a sudden, what they talked about before they got elected becomes a, a library of history of what they were going to do. But now they're trapped in that bubble where in many ways, it looks like they give up their individuality and become a part of that power bubble. I mean, is, is my observation offline? No, I think you're dead on. And uh, that's, that's one of the things that, and I don't want to get too, but that's one of the things that I really like about Donald Trump is that he hasn't gotten trapped in the bubble. He's learned some of the things that he needs to do to get things done, but he is a CEO first and foremost. And that's what he's, that's why he's, why he's acting the way he does. And that's why people don't like him because they don't like non-politicians. Well, you know, for this country to go forward, I believe there's some things we got to get back to. And one of the things I like about your book, We the People, is the fact that in that book, you talk about and you educate and you help people to understand the value of the Constitution. So to a lot of people, the Constitution is an old document that's outlived its purpose. Would you agree with that? No. The Constitution is not... The, well, the Constitution is a set of principles. It's not, it's not the laws. The laws are based on the, should be based on the Constitution. The Constitution is a set of principles guaranteeing our freedom. And as, you know, Thomas Jefferson said that if you, he was, he was deathly afraid of a strong judiciary because he said the, the Constitution in the hands of the judiciary can become something, a wax. You know, you can shape it any way you want to. And the Constitution is what shapes this country but if you have a strong judiciary that can reshape the constitution any the way they want it, then this country becomes nothing. So do we need, do we still need this foundation of principles we that the constitution laid out? We absolutely do. And if we, if we, if we continue to change the Constitution to what it was never meant to be, uh, primarily by a judiciary, then we we're going to lose we're going to lose our freedom. And without without freedom, we've got nothing. So what needs to happen today? 
Well, for one thing, we the people need to get back and get off of our haunches and get back in the trenches and decide that we are going to run the government. Not some nameless, faceless bureaucrat. And that's another thing. We need to get rid of we need to get rid of all these bureaucrats that that don't do anything but pass regulations and take up space and make a living uh, just creating useless documents. Um, well, is one of the ways we need to get back in the trenches is for people to wake up and realize the power of their vote? Absolutely. There are a lot of people out there that vote just simply because they recognize somebody's name on the ballot. And so they'll vote for him rather than, rather than finding out what he's all about. They just recognize John Smith on the ballot. So I'm going to vote for him. And I don't want to take the time and the trouble to find out what John, who John Smith is and what he stands for. Are there other ways we need to get back in the trenches? Yeah, I think we need to run. I think more of us need to run for elective office. And we need to, we need to get out and, and become active, uh, whether we run for office or whether we are part of, uh, the executive committee or uh, just go out and wave signs or something, but get active. Charles, what about term limits? I'm a, I'm a firm believer in term limits. Uh, it used to be that they didn't give much, the founders didn't give much thought to, well, they did give a lot of thought to term limits but they rejected the idea because it was assumed that after one or two terms, people were going to go out back to their farms or their businesses and leave Washington behind. But it wasn't until the late 19th century and early 20th century that we became that, that the idea of professional politicians came about. Uh, so I'm a firm believer in, in term limits because if you, if you limit somebody's term to however many terms we decide, uh, you limit their power. And so you, won't, you don't have these people that are in office for 40 years that are just taking up, taking up space and you can't get rid of them. Well, we can vote them out, but once they once they have established presence in Washington, and you know it's hard then. Uh, it seems like for American people to really study their behavior. Yeah, exactly. And where we're going to learn about the agenda and the commitment of these people is to study their behavior. How do they vote? Do they vote for the people, or do they vote for the selfish agendas sometimes that come out of Washington? You know, I find it interesting that we limit the president to two terms, but we can elect somebody to 
to Congress and they can spend their whole life there. Uh, to me, there's a contradiction there. Yeah, there is. And I, I don't understand. Uh, there is a uh, the there is a an organization called Convention of States, and that's one of their agenda items is to is term limits. Um, because well, it, it would be interesting to see if that could ever become an issue that's placed on a ballot during a, like a presidential election or something where the, the, we, the people, actually get to vote on whether there ought to be term limits or not. And I really believe that that needs to be something that becomes a part, of, uh, becomes an issue that is placed on the ballot where we, the people, can vote on the concept of term limits. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I think, um, again, with this, if the Convention of States succeeds, uh, I think you'll see that on the ballot. But it's, 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 again, it's all up to we, the people. We, and, and that's the point that I keep trying to make over and over and again in the book, is that we are the government. It's not some nameless, faceless politician in Washington uh, or, or the states for, him, for that matter. You know, we, we the people, the individuals, the collective, the we the people are the government or supposed to be. But if we abrogate that right, then we might as well just forget who we are and just go down the road to oblivion. Why do I need to read your book? I think that I really want people to read this book to understand what the vision of the founders was. The, uh, I, I've got a lot of quotes in this book from the founders. And they, people need to understand what this, what the founders intended for this country to be not what it's become, what it's become is a corruption of what they intended. And I would hope that people would, would through this book would see what they intended. I'm not, this is not a scholarly text. I'm just a guy that, that's just read a lot and, and understands, I think I understand what the founders intended. And I, what we've got, the country that we've got right now, I don't think the founders would recognize it. You think they'd be happy with it? No. Because we've gotten, we've gotten to the point where we let somebody else 
take care of us. And we're not, we're not pets. We're not supposed to be taken care of by government. The best government, somebody said one time, I can't remember who it was, but somebody said the best government is the least government. Well, has government gotten way too big then? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and these guys, these people get in office to do some good stuff. And then they start creating bureaucracies. And the bureaucracies become, they become almost self-sustaining. So they, it's, they, they become almost an entity in, in themselves. Bureaucracy, this country was not designed to be run by bureaucracies. This country was designed to be run by Congress. But Congress creates all these bureaucracies and bureaucrats because they don't want to take the responsibility of doing something that somebody might like, might not like, because they're politicians after all. So do you think if I'm a politician, I'm, let's say I'm a, uh, I'm a senator and uh, elected from uh, Florida, and I'm there in Washington, D.C., and I, I vote on a piece of legislation that goes into effect. Should I have to live under the same legislation I voted for or be, because I am a senator or a representative, am I, you know, uh, next from having to live under that? I absolutely believe that people, that Congress, that the, that the legislators ought to be required to live under the same laws that they create for everybody else. They're not, they're not special. They're, they're there to represent us. And in order to represent us, they have to live under the same rules and regulations that we live under. And isn't that part of what the forefathers were wanting to put together, that this is not us against them, but it's we, it's all of us. And the Constitution is a framework from which we can go forward as we the people, not us against them. You're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's us together. And um, us together can't be broken. These guys, there are, these guys like to take they want to make everybody a separate group, a disparate. You got you got whites against blacks. You got uh, Hispanics against non-Hispanics. You got gays against straights. You got this group against that group, and so they're and they're purposely trying to divide us. Um, do you really believe what you just said that they are purposely there's an agenda to dividing us i do why why would they do this because then they can they can reshape this country any way they want to if they can divide us and keep us separate 
together we're strong. United we stand, you remember? Mm -hmm. But separately, they can break us just like that twig. They can, they can break us if they can separate us. But if we're united, they're done. Well, you know me well enough to know that I believe that strength comes when there is a common purpose, a common agenda, and a common commitment. And that when you have those three things, that creates that strength of those twigs becoming a branch that is, that is big enough you can't break it. But it seems like to me today that we've got multiple purposes creating multiple agendas and no one seems to be committed to listening to anything other than what they want to say. Right. And we, uh, it's the agenda of, it, these people have, they have agenda. They don't have an agenda of uniting this country. They have an agenda of, um, with some of them, some people, some of them up there haven't actually have an agenda of destroying this country, I believe. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but I believe that, that we've got some people in Washington that have an agenda of destroying this country. Charles, do you think we're doing the job we need to be doing in teaching young people today what the Constitution is, the value of the Constitution, and why it was created? No. I think we're doing a horrible job. Uh, the educational system in this country is just is horrible. Uh, I call it educational malpractice. But the uh, you remember you got to understand these people, these educators were educated by people that were educated by the Woodstock generation, peace, love, and rock and roll, and they don't they don't have any idea of, of what this country is all about. So they just want to, and, and I believe that there's a, a large agenda, which is to turn this country into a communist country. It's not, and it's, it won't, it's not going to happen by revolution. It'll just happen by, by weakening our resolve as citizens to the point where government can just take over. You think that sometimes the more selfish we become, the more we get caught up in our own little world, the more we put our emphasis on the things we can have, that we lose sight of the freedom and what freedom really means. That freedom is not about having the money to spend. It's about having an environment, a country, where we, the people, have a foundation of beliefs that we trust in and have faith in so that we can continue to move forward as we, not us against them. I agree. The, um, the idea that, that you're going to get up in the morning 
and do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again because that's what some government entity tells you that you're going to do but you don't have a life that is yours to to live the way you want it want to and to become the what you want it to be i don't understand why people could could put up with that and yet we're being conditioned to to just to get away from our own creating our own destiny well but i think something you said earlier i think is very true and i think this is not something this whole movement of uh, of taking away freedom i think this entire movement is not something that has just all of a sudden appeared it's been here for a while and it's slowly been nibbling and it's slowly been creating a government that is strong enough to convince people that we'll take care of you you don't have to take care of yourself and we will give, we will give, we will give. And pretty soon, what do we do? We take away that spirit of the individual. We take away personal motivation. We create personal dependency. And in doing that, all of a sudden, everything that the forefathers wanted for this country, the reason they put together the Constitution, the reason they did the Bill of Rights, the reason that we have these principles of foundation is to guarantee our freedom but it seems like that sometimes government is trying to take away those freedoms i agree i i don't think i'm not sure we really understand what freedom is so is that a lost term is that a term that's slowly being erased i think it is because back what we were talking about earlier freedom is not the ability to it's, it's not just the ability to do whatever you want to do uh, because when you're if you can do whatever you want to do you may want to go out and somebody and rob somebody because he's got a bigger car than you've got that's not freedom that's not freedom that's license uh, because you're infringing upon somebody else's freedom um freedom requires responsibility and unfortunately we have been conditioned to not understand that that we are responsible for our own actions government is washington is not responsible for us we are responsible for us because in reality we've created whatever washington is absolutely well, if and i'm gonna tell you folks i would encourage you to get a copy of charles's book and read it you're not going to agree with everything he says uh, i don't always agree with charles but here's the thing i respect about charles you'll never wonder where he's coming from and i think that if you can get away from the world of just accepting opinions and you can get back to the world of facts, which We the People is a book of facts. 
It's a book about the strength, the purpose, and why the Constitution is so important. And I believe that we live in a world today where we have got to get back to being we the people and not just a, a person that just exists within this great country, but that we the people, we understand the purpose, we understand an agenda, we have a commitment to every day as we, we can improve this country. And, and Charles, if people would like to get a copy of your book, how can they get it? You can get it from uh, Amazon, and uh, you can you can either look up my name or look up the uh, the name of the of the book. We the people, uh, understanding the vision of the founders. Yeah. So if you would go to Amazon.com, and I did this this morning just to double check. I typed in uh, Charles Baker Staff. We the people, and boom, there was a, there was his book. Uh, I think we've got to get back to strengthening the foundation of this country, not allowing the foundation of this country to continue to erode. Because if we don't get back to we, and we allow this, this foundation to continue to become us against them, then what Charles has been talking about, the concept of freedom, the concept of responsibility, the concept of accountability is all going to be eroded. And Charles has done a masterful job in We the People of being able to create a revisit to the foundation of what this country is all about. And Charles, I want to thank you for being part of this conversation today. Thank you for sharing this with our listeners uh, on Let's Talk Human Behavior. I appreciate it. Enjoyed it. We will see you again on another episode of Let's Talk Human Behavior. I'm Richard Flint.